And there you have it. The head coach of the SEC champion, Steve Spurrier. He did it on the field last year with the best record in the league. He's done it for the record books in 1991. Clay Everett is out there. And he got it! And oh, football. Florida fans from now on will remember the 1991 team. The Lord has smiled on us all season. And that last drive, he smiled on us again. Hey there, Gator fans. Welcome to another edition of Celebrating 91. This is Hayes Carlion celebrating the 30-year anniversary of Florida's first official Southeastern Conference Championship. We've got a great guest today. Pat Dooley is going to join us, the legendary Gainesville Sun columnist, to talk about that great day and this great team. Uh, this is sponsored by the personal injury law firm of Harold & Harold. Really appreciate my friends Holton Julie. Uh, for for supporting us on this. Huge Gator fans, Jacksonville through and through. Hopefully you won't need them, but if you're ever injured, call Harold and Harold at 251-1111. Well, this is the one. This is the one that that clinched it. Uh, We had uh, Coach Spurrier on last week. That was a lot of fun. He was telling us about uh, kind of a fun fact that Florida is the last SEC school to clinch the conference title on their home field, which is, uh, I'd never thought about that, but he's right. The SEC title game was put in in 92 and obviously that's been a neutral site uh, every uh, every game that they've had it now. And uh, so Florida, the last school uh, to, to claim an SEC title on their home turf. Very cool. Uh, and this was one, this game, 35-26, Florida wins. About as roller coaster a game as you could have. November, November 16th of 91, 84,109 in attendance. And uh, pesky, pesky Kentucky in this one. The Gators get up to a 28-6 to Halftime lead. Everybody in the stands is celebrating, including uh, myself. And there was just uh, an air of this is going to be a route. Florida had destroyed teams, really, coming out off the Syracuse loss. Uh, so, you know, you didn't really get any sense that Florida would be met with any resistance. Uh, yet, here comes Kentucky, and they, they get on a, a big-time run. And you look up, and it's 28-26 with seven minutes uh, in the game. Uh Steve, I thought, told a, a great story last week about that drive uh, to clinch it. Uh, hopefully you guys got a chance to hear that. If not, I'm sure you can find it at, at 1010XL.com in, in the archive or wherever you're listening to this. But he he tells a story about that drive to clinch it and how uh, it's first and 25 after a hands to the face. Then Florida completes a couple passes. It's third and six. And Shane's getting pressured and just flips a shovel pass to Eric Rett and Eric Rett's back is to him. Uh, he has to hope that Eric Rett turns around. Well, Eric does, catches the ball, makes a defender miss, gets the first down, and uh, and then the Gators are able to go get a touchdown and, and put the game away. Um, but it, it may be one of the most uh, memorable plays uh, and most impactful plays in program history because I still wonder what would have happened if Kentucky had come back and won that game with all the – all the pressure, all the ghosts, all the bad mojo that this program had kind of hanging over it, uh, you know, at this stage of of its existence. I mean, it was it was an underachieving program. 
uh, had won three SEC titles, but was never able to keep any of them. And uh, it would have been devastating if Kentucky had come back and, and, and really it would have been a, almost a, a, a miracle uh, for the Wildcats. But, uh, but Rhett makes the play. Florida goes in. Florida scores. Florida wins the game 35-26, setting off just an awesome celebration. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and bring in Pat Dooley uh, to talk all about it. Pat Dooley, legendary columnist of the Gainesville Sun, uh, joining us and self-described worst retired guy out there, Pat, which I always laugh at when uh, when I see that on Twitter. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm just terrible at being retired. In fact, I was... <laughs> It's funny because I was just talking to a guy that uh, you probably would have loved to be talking to for this is uh, uh, Larry Kennedy, uh, who's doing really well with uh, Rydell. Oh, that's awesome. Up in Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to talk to Larry. Had the uh, the big uh, pick six against the Vols. Do you remember that play? I remember so well that we were talking about it yesterday, Coach Spurrier and I, and I said that may still be the loudest I ever heard that play. Yeah. Because it was a great return and it clinched the game. And I mean, the Florida Tennessee rivalry kind of took off from that point. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, it, it, it's funny going through this. I was 15 when this season took place. So I, you know, I, I remember a good portion of it. I went to uh, pretty much all the home games that year as a fan. Um, and I certainly remember uh, Larry Kennedy's pick six. But the thing going back through this uh, is how just incredible that defense was all year. I mean, Culpepper and McCoy and, uh, and the linebackers, Larry Kennedy, Will White. What, what do you remember about uh, that, that Gators defense from the 91 SEC title team? Well, I think the, the thing I remember the most is that last game in the Swamp uh, against uh, FSU, that 14-9 game, Florida's defense was just incredible. But it was yeah, I mean, there were a lot of great players on that defense. And Culpepper, you know, and uh, was kind of the anchor there and the kind of the, the, the spirit of it. Uh, but they had guys all over the place, you know, Will White and all those guys. So the, it was, um, you know, it was, it was a team that really over – I mean, I, I think really overachieved, even though I know that they won uh, – you know, they won the SEC the year before, although even if it didn't count. I mean, when you think of what they did to Alabama that year, when you think of what they did to, uh, you know, Auburn that year, I mean, it, it, they just blew teams out. And, um, you know, and a lot of it was because of that defense. And then, and then of course, the the one bad game at Syracuse, and Coach Spurrier was telling me yesterday, he goes, yeah, I did a lousy job that game. Just lousy. Then I, guys, our guys weren't ready to play. <laughs> I, that, that's my fault. Well, and it, and it does – it was sandwiched between – the Alabama thirty-five nothing, and then the next week they had Mississippi State in Orlando, uh, who was a ranked right. team, and Syracuse was better than what I remembered as a fan. Like I remember being shocked that Syracuse won that game, uh, and I was surprised when I went back and looked. They were like eighteen, so in a three-week span, Florida played like Bama, a ranked Syracuse, and a ranked Mississippi State, and uh, yeah, it just it just seemed like one of those classic kind of trap games. Yeah, and you know it, the, the the way I remember, I should have asked Coach about this yesterday. But the way I was told was that before the game, he told his, his team, he goes, "Hey, special teams guys, they may do something fancy on the opening kickoff, like a reverse or something. Be ready for it." So what did they do? They ran a reverse to Kirby Dardar and they ran for a touchdown. Yeah. So it kind of got the things going for for them, and 
Uh, Florida didn't play. That was the one game where Florida did not play well defensively, you know, giving up 38. And, um, obviously, the, uh, they, you know, they kept coming back, and Willie Jackson had a monster game. I remember saying to the television, you know, I don't know if anybody else heard me in the office, I said, Willie Jackson's just a man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was incredible in that game, but it, it just wasn't enough. But, you know, and then after that, well, they win uh, eight in a row, so um, yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And and you've you've written about this and and documented it as well as anybody. Um, but but the ghosts that the Florida football program had to overcome in the early years of you know, what Spurrier had to overcome in his early years as coach, and and it it certainly bled down to the players. What what was that like being at the on the front line of of seeing that seeing what the kind of the pressure that they had to go up against, and then finally seeing them. Uh, break that wall down and, and have an SEC title that couldn't be taken away. Yeah, that was the the thing. The year before, obviously, they had, uh, you know, early in the season had been told they weren't going to be able to compete for the conference championship. And, you know, Spurrier still um, is, has constantly credited that team would be in the first one to win it, even though two teams before him won it that were also dealing with NCAA issues. The difference was those teams committed those NCAA infractions right. where his 90 team didn't had nothing to do with them. Right. Uh, and so that I think in, in Steve's mind, that kind of got rid of the ghost, but I think in fans' minds it didn't because that was three championships that Florida had won and none of them counted. So they still had to win one that counted. And then and you had a tough schedule when you had Alabama – obviously on it, uh, just like they do this year. And then you had, um, you know, a really good Tennessee team. The rivalry was great. Mississippi State was really good. They were ranked. Georgia was ranked. And, of course, FSU at the end. So, uh, But I, I just think that, um, you know, the one time, the only time you kind of went, or maybe the ghosts are back, was when Pookie Jones is all of a sudden, he he's he he can't be stopped and and Kentucky is going to ruin this whole thing until they they hit the uh the one little shovel pass to Eric Rett when Eric Rett wasn't even looking when when the ball was thrown by Shane cuz he was getting killed and um and they ended up pulling that game out so that was uh but I tell you there was a lot of people that were going oh, it's going to happen again this is typical but um when they won that game, I think that set the tone really for what happened in 93, 94, 95, 96, you know, going forward. Yeah, no question about it. I, I completely agree. And, and being in the, the stands that day, you, you absolutely had that sense. I mean, all of a sudden, Jones looks like Earl Campbell and, you know, Florida has a 28-6 to lead that is now in, in grave danger with seven minutes left. And, uh, yeah, it's, Spurrier uh, was kind enough to join me uh, last week, and we were talking about that drive, and I asked him foolishly, uh, do you remember anything about that drive? And, of course, he knows every single play on that drive yeah, and exactly. was able to yeah. easily uh, re- recite it. But it, w- it was interesting because he mentioned the shovel pass that you're talking about and basically was like Shane had to just hope that Eric was going to turn around. And if Eric doesn't turn around, it's a pick. Uh, yeah. what, what an amazing, in terms of if, if, you, if you had a, a Mount Rushmore of critical plays in program history, you know, that one might have an argument, at least for, for team picture, I guess. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it, um, you know, because all the momentum was going the other way, and you could hear the crowd be nervous, if that's possible. I mean, it wasn't – they were like, what is going on here? Is this going to – is this really happening? They were already celebrating, you know, at 28-6, to six, and, I mean, that was late in the game when Florida was way ahead and, and Pookie Jones went off. So, um, you know, but they, you know, it was just a team that found ways to, to – uh, to kind of go an extra step. And um, I know that, um, you know, when you look, when you look back on that team, I I tell you the most impressive thing uh, really to me was that Alabama game, because don't forget, I mean, that's the second game of the season. This is where a writer out in Alabama, Charles Hollis had written that Spurrier had told uh, a club, a Gator club, that we're going to beat Alabama by 30 points and, and Spurrier got really mad. And so I never said that. So I said, we're going to beat them. Not, not by that much. They beat them 35, nothing. That's Alabama's only loss of the year. Wow. And they lose, and they lose 35, nothing. And that's how impressive Florida. I think we all walked away from the stadium that day or that night and saying, Holy cow, this team, this team may be better than last year, which we had already been a tremendous season yeah yeah absolutely and uh and obviously they have uh you know some some dominant wins once they get beyond the Syracuse loss and and uh it, it to me it was interesting remembering uh the Kentucky game because to talk to the players uh they basically were like we went in the locker room everybody was kind of pissed like pissed yeah. that we allowed them to get back in it so there wasn't this jovial celebration at least for us where i remember like being in the and i remember it being like yeah it was there was certainly relief but florida wasn't good enough yet to be like just relieved that they'd want to i remember it being like euphoric what do what do you remember about those moments after uh you know the uh the the touchdown drive to put the game away florida wins by nine what 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 are, what are your recollections of that moment well my biggest recollection is steve getting on the mic you know and and you know, saluting all the fans. And, you know, again, that, that was the year that Florida had just enclosed that North end zone. And so they, all year, they kept breaking attendance records for the, in the history of the state of Florida. Um, you know, I, I think the first game they played was San Jose state. And it was the biggest crowd ever to see a game in the state of Florida. And then next week it was even bigger, <laughs> you know, 2000 uh, more people got in there by the end of it. You know, they had 85,000 uh, for the FSU game. So, but I remember him, uh, the, the crowd didn't want to go home. They wanted to celebrate it. They couldn't take this one away from them. They were, they were SEC champs. They could finally uh, enjoy it. I, I don't think anybody wanted to leave. But my recollection was that it was an early game. Yes. Like a, maybe a one o'clock game or something like that. I think so too. So I, I, I think, I think Gator fans, enjoyed university avenue that night i think they were uh they were partying and and really enjoying it and the other thing is now this is two years in a row where they won the sec and they looked around they said this isn't going to stop i mean this guy knows what he's doing and and um you know they were they were uh, they felt different they felt like they were different people yeah, no question, and I really appreciate your time, Pat. I'll get you out on this one. Uh, Fourteen to nine over FSU. As important as it was for the program to to claim that first official SEC crown, how big was it to snap that four game losing streak to the Knolls and and show that that they could play with them? You know, 
of all the games they played that year, I think when I walked out of that stadium that day, that was the happiest I'd ever been. Yeah. Um, because FSU had really owned them. And in 90, they really weren't competitive um, against Florida State. And, you know, FSU had just lost to Miami. And a lot of their their fans will say, well, we didn't have anything to play for. And like, eh, nobody believes that for a second. But, I mean, Florida really couldn't do anything offensively. It was two great defenses. And I remember um, Casey Weldon, their quarterback, um, having to be lowered into a chair so he could do his press conference interview by trainers. I think they had him hooked up to morphine or something. He wow. Was, he, they had just beaten him up the entire game. And, uh, you know, uh, it was – and I mean, Florida was very lucky that they got that one touchdown was a – you know, Shane scramble and, and throws it up for Harrison Houston. The DB falls down and, you know, the place went nuts. And I just remember when the, when, when I'm watching the clock and I'm like, Florida's got the ball and I'm like, all right, if that, if the guy didn't start the clock, cause this was when they would start the clock and that would be the beginning of the 35 second clock or whatever it was. Right. And I said, if he doesn't start till 34, the game's over. And I was watching the clock. I'm like, ah, it's 34. They won. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it, it was one of the great moments, really, of that of that year. As much as the SEC was important, that to me was the greatest moment of the year. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Uh, fantastic stuff, Pat. It's great talking with you as always. Look forward to to hanging out with you soon, and and thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. All right, appreciate Pat's time. Uh, tons of great stories. Uh, such a great writer, and we still uh, obviously enjoy listening and 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 reading Pat. Uh, in his coverage about the Gators. Uh, again, the Celebrating 91 podcast is sponsored by the personal injury law firm of Harrell & Harrell. Uh, big enough to fight the uh, large insurance companies, but small enough that when you call them, they're going to treat you like family. They're going to know your name. Uh, Jacksonville is is home to Harrell and Harrell, uh, and Holt and Julie do such a magnificent job. I've known them since high school. They're great people. Uh, hopefully you won't need them, but if you're ever injured, call Harrell & Harrell at 251 11 one one, yeah, a lot of a lot of great things in that game. We didn't even get to the Trey Everett catch uh, with Pat, which is one of the more remarkable catches uh, ever made at Florida Field. Everett uh, on the sixty-five yard touchdown grab in the first quarter basically took it off a Kentucky player's back. Uh, it's still one of the the, the great catches of all time uh, in program history. Everett had missed five games with a hamstring injury. He'd come back for that game, three catches, one hundred and eight yards, and two touchdowns. So a huge game for him. Uh, Shane Matthews was once again incredible, 26-39 for 362 yards and three touchdowns. That was his 10th 300-yard game in SEC record. Uh, Shane threw uh, three touchdowns, like I said, to give him 27 on the year. That also was an SEC record, and he caught a touchdown from Alonzo Sullivan. So uh, Coach Spurrier getting in his bag of tricks, uh, and Shane Matthews caught a 19-yard touchdown in this game. So uh, uh a lot of fireworks early. Eric Rett runs for 500, or excuse me, 154 yards in a touchdown uh, to get to the 1,000-yard uh, marker. Uh, he was only the fourth running back in school history to ever have a 1,000-yard season at this point, and uh, Florida had 564 yards of total offense. So a lot of big, explosive moments, but uh, but an absolute an absolute letdown in the second half that that almost turned into just an absolute horror show for the Gators, but they get it done 35-26 over Kentucky. They finish 7-0 in SEC play. 
unbeaten and untied for the first time in school history. They were the first SEC champion to go 7 and 0 since 1977. Uh, and they improved to nine and one on the season. It was the fifth time ever that the program had won nine games, and, and that's the amazing thing. Now, if, if Florida goes nine and three this year, it'll be yeah, it's okay, but it's nothing great. Back then, winning nine games was uh, was pretty remarkable. Of course, that was an eleven game season, but still uh, a tremendous day for the Gators. Florida thirty five twenty six over Kentucky. Next week, uh, really looking forward to that. We're going to look at that Florida State 14-9 victory for Florida. And uh, Charlie Strong's going to join us, a great Gator, uh, obviously an assistant coach for the Gators, many years, many championships. Now is uh, Urban Meyer's right-hand man with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So excited to talk to Charlie Strong about that 14-9 win and just his experience as a young coach uh, on that 91 Gators team. That's going to do it for Hayes Carlion. I uh, certainly appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate Graham Marsh producing. Uh, and uh, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with Celebrating 91 on 1010XL.com. Go Gators. Hey,